2: Throw it. Slant. This bug's for you, Missou. And there he goes. How about number six? You don't get no better than that, man. Who's back in the game? Shane Ray. And look at what he just did. Center. Touchdown, Missouri.
0: This is the MazzotCast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to Mazadcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. With me, as always, this week, Colin Anthony, Brett Bielema's personal trainer. What's up, dum-dums? Not joining us is Brian Goers, who's spending the Thanksgiving holiday the same way he does every year, which is at a homeless shelter. Not volunteering, but... Eating. Eating. <laughs> and no. cleaning up after the patrons. Colin Mizzou had the Friday after Thanksgiving game this week, and I've got some news for you. What's that? The Tigers won! Mazel tov. Missouri took on the Arkansas Razorbacks, who uh, had seven wins on the season, and all indications were that uh, they were going to kick our ass. And our new rival. Yeah. <laughs> Fierce rivals. The battle line rivalry. Yeah, I think we've faced them maybe seven times in the entire history of our program. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. We have kind of owned them, though. Yeah, I think this was our fifth victory out of eight seven, games. Seven or eight, and, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was out of fucking left field let's mm-hmm. be honest because we played like complete I mean, total garbage
3: in the first half maybe it was out of left field for some folks brennan uh-huh. but as i recall from the last Mazad cast i was kind of a bullish on this game i mm-hmm. i felt like our offense was moving the ball and i think i mentioned that if our defense could get any toehold at all i saw an opportunity to win a football game here i mean how many team? how many times can we have 500 to 700 yards of offense and lose at some point we're gonna have to win a game mm-hmm. i mean come well, on but my, the reason i was pessimistic about
0: this game is any Time we'd played any team who was any good, barring the Tennessee game, mm-hmm. we hadn't
3: had that kind of offensive output. That, that was the Tennessee game, the South Carolina game. These games actually gave me confidence because at that point, I really felt like the offense had it going on. The offense had kind of figured it out. Uh, Crockett had been a big part of that, obviously. Because when you have a consistent run game, everything game, everything else seems to you know roll. You know while our offense was good at times and sputtered at times through the beginning part of the season, by the end of the season, I felt like we had kind of established who we were, mm-hmm. and uh, the defense was just you know like a, a fucking dumpster full of diapers full of indian food but i thought man if they just like i said a couple of stops when you're gonna have 500 yards of offense is gonna be okay mm-hmm. yeah and that's
0: exactly what the tigers ended up doing the, the reason it was such a hard thing to watch in the first half and i think the tiger fans were just bemoaning was that we started off basically the worst possible way we could have i think yep. we gave up a sure. touchdown in the first minute of the game yeah second play from scrimmage was it was a touchdown right and then we you know even fatoni had a bad kick at one point he shanked a punt. The, the, we, when we actually scored a touchdown, the most bizarre, just anger-inducing thing ever was the Ish Witter play in the mm-hmm. end zone, yep. where he dropped I mean, the ball we, before he went in the end zone. The Mazadcast must speak about this. Yeah. oh <laughs> Jesus
3: Christ, it, how many times does this have to happen before fucking football players will stop doing it? It, it happens a dozen times a season, and let's be honest you're ish witter.
0: You don't get to be cocky. You know what I mean? Yeah, you ran one in, but he had the line bulldozed a path for him. Mm -hmm. It's not like he ran the world's most greatest run. He got into the end zone, but he didn't think he needed the ball to do it. And I mean, I don't know if what the replay officials called was correct. God only knows what the actual rules should be for that Mm -hmm. play. But Jamon Moore in what... I would think maybe is his greatest play as a Missouri Tiger. (laughs) Picked the ball. Picked the ball up and handed it to an official and got credited for
3: the touchdown. Yep. And adding those stats. I mean, can you imagine if we'd have gotten that touchdown taken away? Well, and you know, add that to the fact that we dropped a touchdown pass early in the game. So we're you know, we give up this big play right out of the gate, they score a touchdown obviously our defense has never seen a screenplay before because they just absolutely roasted us with those the entire game. Over and over. And then, you know, we have an opportunity to strike back and we drop touchdown passes. We drop two of them very early on. Uh, Ishwitter nearly cost us another touchdown. We're down twenty-one to seven right. going into halftime. Oh, the only just, saving grace is they missed a forty-eight-yard field. Yeah, level. I mean, it, the first half was just you know, like this is Missouri. This is what we do. We have yeah. ample opportunity to be competitive or even win a game, and we are just going to shit down both legs like we have diarrhea, hot dog, water, farts. And, and
0: twenty seven people were there to see it. I mean, the yeah. stands were empty. It was the Friday after Thanksgiving. It was cold as balls. The team was three and seven, three and mm-hmm. eight. They were terrible. You know, we, no one wanted to be at this game by halftime. You know, I think people were probably ready to leave the game. And it, let's talk a little bit. I want to talk about that first half drop, of Emmanuel Hall. Ugh. I think it was the drop of the season. Yeah, it in pinballed
3: a, it, around in his chest and in hands.
0: In a in a in a year of Academy Award winning drops. This one, yeah, this was a ball that wanted to be caught. Yeah, this was the Citizen Kane of dropped footballs. <laughs> Congratulations, Emmanuel! You showed Jamon Moore. I know that you're the best, but I think I can do it even better. Yeah, and, yeah, because it touched every part of his body, including his chest, yeah. multiple times. And you come at the, the king, you got to bring your best, and he did. And yeah, he did. you got to give it to him. Jamon Moore
3: probably tipped his cap when yeah. he saw oh, that. I, I think Jamon Moore would can respect uh-huh. a great drop. I mean, he's obviously the king, but I mean mm-hmm. he. you got to give the devil his due. Yeah, for sure, for
4: sure. So,
0: yeah, that was a fantastic drop. Then the second half arrives, and it is an entirely
3: different football game. It absolutely is. I will say this, in addition to the screenplays, we also cannot cover tight ends. But I don't think Arkansas has wide receivers. I think they just run four tight ends at all. I mean, every time they completed a pass, it was like this tight end to sprinkles or that tight end. It's like, do they have anybody but tight ends? Mm -hmm. They didn't – I don't – did they – complete a pass to a receiver? Or do they literally just run five tight ends out on every play?
0: (laughs) The guy might be the Alex Smith of college quarterbacks because he didn't like the deep ball that much. No, no. He only threw it
3: once, and he he had an open receiver, and he overthrew him. Mm -hmm. It made you appreciate Drew Locke a little bit, watching that pass. I just, for a a moment, and Drew Locke has not had a great season, but for a moment I thought, you know, Drew Locke's better than that guy. I mean, I just looked at that throw and what that guy had to put in it to make it that far down the field. And it was obviously off, and he was obviously uncomfortable doing it. And I just thought that's a flip of the wrist for Drew Lock. Mm-hmm. You know that 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 pass that that guy just struggled to make and complete is Drew Locke's bread and butter.
0: Well, I think even the people who are sick and tired of Drew Locke will admit that he's got great arm strength and a great throwing arm. It's just his consistency has been off, and and he he did not have a bad game. Uh, no,
3: and ultimately, if you boil down this season, he did not have really a bad season. I mm-hmm. mean, he, certainly
0: he, better than last year. Well, yeah,
3: God. and I mean, ultimately, he, he led the league and. Passing yards. You know, if you look at Drew Locke's stats in, in the SEC, he's at the top with touchdowns. He's at the top with passing yards. You know, he's also sort towards the top in interceptions. And the one stat that stands out to me is completion percentage. Right. He's in the top five of every category with the SEC quarterbacks. And you look at those other four SEC quarterbacks, and their completion percentage is somewhere between 5 to 7% higher than his. You yeah, know what I mean? So yeah. that's that's where you see the distinct difference, and you talk about that inconsistency. Well, I think two factors in the second half for the Tigers
0: were, one, I do not know what Brett Milam was thinking. I think he he outcoached us in the first half with those screen passes. But in the second half, you know, they could run the ball. They showed that they could
1: Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions
3: apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Outrun us, yeah, and they,
4: they stopped had the running.
3: They had the lead, and they just started throwing it all over the yard. It you know? made no sense.
0: The, and the other thing was that uh, Josh Heupel's offense figured out that our uh, our wide receivers were two to three steps faster than the defensive backs for Arkansas, and they just decided we're going to exploit
3: that, and Well, we're going to go deep. Several times, they just run the little little hook. You know, they'd seven yards— Turn, catch the ball, and they were getting nice little chunk plays out of that early on in the early downs. You know, catch six, you know six, seven yards first down, great. And you know those suddenly those D backs and those safeties start creeping up to try to get take that away. And the minute they creeped up, pew, they were gone. Our mm-hmm. wide receivers blew right by them. So Heupel did a good job of identifying the fact that the the Arkansas DBs were giving us way too much cushion and started throwing these little short outs. And then as soon as they crept up on that 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 play, and they started playing those wide receivers to jam at the line, we were open down the field, like you said, two or three steps. One of the things I liked about that was it wasn't just, you know, hey, here's how we play football. It was here I'm identifying something, and I'm changing, and I'm modifying to accommodate those things. And that's what was extremely lacked in the Henson era, is that, you know, there didn't seem to be any... The football is brown! There didn't seem to be any identification of problems or Openings and then adjusting to them. It was, but I saw that tonight. And uh, like I said, the offense to me, I mean, it looks good, and we're young on offense. And mm-hmm. the real problem is, can we get this defense sorted out? You know, because the defense is losing um, some big time players, and uh, it has been bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but the game, the second half was just a revelation. We absolutely outplayed the Arkansas Razorbacks start to finish.
0: I agree, and I think you know another part of the second half that was different than the first was that Ishwitter did go out with uh, injury. Early mm-hmm. on, and Nate Strong got more snaps than he has all year long. And I saw two things out of Nate Strong. One is he is a strong back, and two, you can tell the difference when you don't get reps. Like he looked tentative, yeah, yeah, and, for and, sure, and a, in a way that I don't think was anything other than just inexperience. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's a yeah. greenhorn, yeah. And uh, you know, I think if Crockett were in there or Ish even, uh, we'd have run it more. Yeah, and uh, good or bad, I don't know, because we we did have those wide open passing plays, those big.
3: You know, Jonathan and Nate Strong Johnson. did a good job. He did. There's nothing wrong with it. But I do think it affected how we play called. And I think it's another reason that uh, Missouri fans can come out of this game optimistic. Not only did we win, but you saw Nate Strong. He obviously has some ability. You pair him with Crockett. Yeah, two strong Ish is going to be backs. a senior. And while we all know that Ish is nobody's favorite, he got better this season. Yeah, did. Throughout the year, he got continuously better. I think part of Ishwitter's biggest problem early on is he was overexposed. He is not a feature back. You cannot run him all the time. But as a, you know, the secondary back to Crockett, as a change of pace, he's not a bad guy. You know, mm-hmm. he he does he can do the job. He had several good games towards of this season and um, you know, we are as hard as anybody on Ishwitter. <laughs> yeah. You know, we 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 kind of lead that parade, but uh, credit where credit is due ish had a good second half of the season and uh i will you
0: know revert back to crapping on ish a little bit i think part of his improvement was correlated to the massive improvement of the offensive line for the mizzou in general i mean oh, as the as the
3: line improved ish would certainly look better i think in retrospect we're going to look back at this offensive line and say you know it's hard to have an mvp of the season uh when you're only won four games but if this Team or this, if a unit on this team is the MVP, it's the the offensive line. Compared to last season, you bring in all these guys that have no experience and they play this well. I mean, Drew Locke was well protected. The running game really got going. I mean. There was a couple game stretch where they had some penalty issues, but really on the overall, the offensive line played really well, and they played really well in this game.
0: Mm -hmm, They did, and I mean, is there a bigger indictment of the offensive line coaching staff
3: from last year than the way they turned it around in a single season with guys who were on the team last year and didn't play? You take the game against Tennessee where they just absolutely had their fucking way with the Tennessee D-line, and then you take this game— Kudos to the offensive line. I mean, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So Missouri played
0: great. They, they were down 17 and scored 21 unanswered points. And then what that happened at the end that made everybody so nervous was basically it looked like it was going to be the exact same situation as the Georgia game mm-hmm. where we were had a slim lead and we let Arkansas drive. It was uh, really two goal line stances that, mm-hmm. uh, that Missouri stopped Arkansas. One, it ended on a play where Penton got an interception in the end zone. Beautiful. And uh, you brought up before we started recording that you know Bielema went
3: for it on four. He should have just kicked. Five minutes left in the game. He's. I mean, my my opinion in that situation is you kick the field goal. You're going to get the ball back at least one more time. Which is against Missouri,
0: you're definitely going to get the ball back because even if we score, we score within a minute. You know, if we don't score, we go
3: three and out within a minute. You're getting the ball back. It's a guarantee with this team. We're not a ground and pound team like they are. Yeah, and I just I feel like the odd. I mean, and then on that second offensive possession where you're. Going for the win, you don't need a touchdown. Right. You, I mean, you're just kicking the field goal now, so it didn't make any sense. And um, Arkansas fans, I feel like, have every right to be mad at that their fat, fat, fat coach. Mm-hmm. And then they got back to the goal line, and Missouri just stopped him
0: again. There was a basically sacked the quarterback at the end. He got a uh, intentional grounding penalty, mm-hmm. but for all intents and purposes, the defensive line just obliterated. God, it was so much fun to watch this game. Mm-hmm.
3: It was so much. Fun. I the second half. <laughs> well, I mean, but just I was excited. It, I, I just I haven't felt like this all season and it it, it was a refreshing and it was mm-hmm. it was it reminded me like this can feel pretty good. Yeah, this when is things why we're going watch right. Football. This is why we do this. This is why we do this. This is great. Mm-hmm, yeah. And uh you know it it felt like for a moment those seasons when we were competitive. For yeah. a moment. Yeah. And it but like I said if 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 anything this game gives you hope. It gives you hope the offense looks good. And uh, the offense is young. You know they're going to get a new defensive coordinator. I would think almost certainly mm-hmm. um, we're certainly going to get a new D line coach. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that ship has sailed. <laughs> but <Ba-dum-bum-byes. Yeah>. um, <laughs> And uh, so, yeah. Um, you know I think Missouri fans should be uh, happy. Yeah. As happy as one can be with a four and eight season. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I think Tennessee, Arkansas, these fans are going. Well, how do we lose to Missouri? Tennessee obviously didn't lose to us, but you know what I mean. How do they rack up all these yards? It's like they're just not watching Missouri football because Missouri football. I, I will say this now, as opposed to the beginning of the season, is not light years away right now. Right. You know what I mean. There, are, there are some really ridiculous. Fuck ups and drop balls and things like that away. Yeah, I mean, there's some things they clean up, and I think they're competitive in the SEC East. Mm -hmm. Well, and the great thing about that is I agree, and I think most of the
0: SEC media doesn't agree, and they aren't aware of it. They just look at Missouri's record and say, "Oh, look at Missouri; they're just where we always thought they would be." You know, and so we can really sneak up on people if we do put things
3: together. Well, especially, I mean, if you look at the offensive stats, nobody should really sleep on Missouri. They're a dangerous team from this standpoint. You look at the SEC stats in offense; they lead. Almost every category, Mm -hmm. you know, or close to the top. And part of that is because they run a fucking hundred plays a game. But a lot of it is because their offense, especially in the second half, has had the ability to move the ball. Plus, you throw in a 79 point win against uh, Delaware State. State. But there's no doubt that this team can move the ball. The bit disappointing game for me in all of this is like Florida, where they couldn't move the ball, where where we really started to get worried because he's like, the offense looks. God-awful. But now you, you do it against Tennessee, you do it against Arkansas, you have confidence that they can move the ball like this in the SEC. And that is, that's a big deal. Colin, I think Colin,
0: we do need to get something out of the way. that I It's going to be distasteful, but it has to be done. Okay, We made predictions early on in the season, and we all kind of thought how the Tigers oh, would God, end up. I know up. where this is going. Yeah. Brian Goers predicted Mizzou to win four games, and mm-hmm. we lambasted him for it. We said he was an idiot and a pessimist and a jackass, and he smelled bad. And, and I think he could he's, never get laid. Listen, I think he's all of those things. Mm-hmm. And uh but he was right. Yeah. So, we're going what we're going to have to do, folks, and bear with us. We're going to call Brian Goers and let him gloat. And he's gonna, we're going to give him a few minutes to gloat because he he earned it. So, uh, we'll get that out of the way and then we'll move on to better things. All right, here we go. Now, unfortunately, on the Cast hotline, we have Brian Goers. Brian, thanks for joining us, I guess.
1: Oh, well, happy to be here after such a Wonderful occasion
0: yesterday. Yeah, it was a great win. But the uh, their only downside, I guess, of that victory is that we ended up what four and eight, which I think was the exact prediction of one Brian Goers at the beginning of this season. Oh, that's
3: that's, that's weird, odd. The win was uh-huh. almost not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, other than obviously me being right all along about the
0: season and everything, and how everybody should just listen to anything and everything that I say and take it as fact from now on, I think that's what that means. Right, we're, um, we're breaking up. We're having trouble hearing you. Yeah. Oh no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Go ahead. This is this is your time to gloat. You've you've earned this, thank you, I suppose. Thank you. Uh-huh.
1: What I was excited about after watching that that win again, other than my prediction being correct, was that it right. ends the season on a high note, right? You won two out of the last three games. Now you can go in the off season recruiting and even though, yeah, you only had a four win season, like it feels better than a four win season. You know, does that make sense?
4: No,
3: not really, but it's coming from you, Brian. So we it's expected. <laughs> no, it it is
0: it it does I, I don't have a bad taste in my mouth even though it was a shitty year. I a hundred percent agree. I would like to sort of dismantle your prediction even though it was correct to some degree. I feel like this could have easily gone the other way. You know, we we were kind of predicting a six and six. You know, way optimistic was seven and five. And you look back at that Georgia game where we absolutely let it get away. There's your fifth win. And then if we don't completely shit the bed against Middle Tennessee State, you got six wins. And so while you proved correct in your pessimism, it, this was a team that that
3: predictions were pretty much accurate with. If the defense would have switched earlier on, I think we would have definitely got to six wins.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree to some extent. I think that, you know, Georgia game, you know, if uh, Moore could ever hold on to a football to save his life, at the beginning of the season at least, yeah, I or the end I think of the we, should, we should
4: have. we should, Georgia team was so bad this year, we should have beat them. But then again,
1: the first half of the season, we were so bad as well. I don't know that we could say that we deserve to beat anybody at that point. So it's one of those – that. It's with, it's with any season, right? I mean, with the exception maybe of Alabama, who just steamrolls everyone. And they have like a, what was it, last week was like a 31-3 to win. And it was like, oh, man, that was a rough win. Like, God, we would have killed for that at any point in the season. So I, I think every, that's just the nature of football just in general, is that there are two or three games you can look at, and oh, that could have swung the other way. But, you no, they didn't. So that's, how, that's where we are.
0: Well, you taught us a valuable lesson,
3: which is to always predict them to swing against them. Yeah, Brian, you're a real Nostradamus. If Nostradamus was a glue-sniffing sexual deviant. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I think I think you know, knowing Missouri's luck, right? The fist down or kick, kick touchdown, you know, in Nebraska or whatever. It's, we've never quite had that luck mm-hmm. to you know win win a game. It had to be just. We had to dominate a team or we weren't going to win
0: the game. Well, before we let you go, let's uh, let's lock you in for your prediction for next season here on uh, you know nope. November of 2016. Already? How Yeah, November. Yeah. Well,
3: let's yeah. take it to the so bank. Yeah.
1: Any recruiting, any, anything else, huh?
0: Well, I mean, you can qualify your bad decision any way you'd like, but yeah, let's see <laughs> what you have to say.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, again, I think that this gives you optimism going into the office. I think next season is going to be better. I don't think it's going to be where Tiger fans you know, say, okay, well, now, you know, we're going to win eight games next season or seven games. I don't think we're going to have that winning season. But I, without looking at the schedule and everything else and just coming off the, the last three weeks, I'd say we're going to be back to a 500 team. I think we make improvements on this year. I think some of those breaks hopefully go our way, like we've been talking about. So I, I don't think we're going to be competing for the East. But then again, if the East is as shitty as it has been, who knows? We may be in contention. By the time that November rolls
3: around. Have you heard a number yet, Colin? No, that's the longest answer to a very straightforward question I've ever heard. So my, <laughs> my straightforward
1: answer then will be, I predict, 6-6 six six for next year.
0: Well, that makes us bowl eligible, and so we're going to have 13th game, and how will that go? Well, that's
1: true. That's, that would be true, um, which we'll probably shit the
0: bed with and lose, so I'll go 6-7. <laughs> All right, Brian with the eternal optimist, <laughs> Yep, Brian well, Goers. That's right. All right, that's right, thanks for joining us, Brian. Please enjoy this victory because uh we, we will forget it immediately. Oh,
1: yeah, well hey, just remember
0: you know yeah, I think we we've heard enough that's enough of that All right, this is a Mazodcast. Uh, we'll be back.
2: The Mazzotcast, your source for contagious erectile dysfunction.
0: We're back, Colin. And uh, it's a pretty important time. Yep, we've been waiting a long time for this, Brendan. The fans have been waiting for it. It's maybe the most important moment of the season for the Mazzotcast. That's right, I think so. It's time for Hashtag Buck, Missouri, sour Sour Grapes.
1: Sour Grapes! Sour Grapes! Sour
5: Grapes!
0: for sour grapes. Yeah, we even have a new intro. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so we beat. Let's let's lead in. We beat Arkansas unexpectedly. Yes, we did. So, Colin, would you say Arkansas fans were happy about that outcome? I
3: would say no. Okay. I would say no. The whole the, the tenor on the whole was they were not happy about it. Okay, um, why don't you give me an example? All right. So Greg Henderson at gfh underscore seventeen said absolutely a total embarrassment losing to Missouri and mediocrity at its finest. This loss is right up there with the Citadel. It's that bad.
5: Sour grapes. I better
3: believe that's sour grapes. I don't know. Losing to the Citadel is bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think it's as bad as losing to us, though. But well, it's the fifth time they've done it, so... Uh... <laughs> yeah, at least I ought be used to it mm-hmm, by now. Mm-hmm. At Clay Travis. Oh, who's if, this guy? I don't know. Arkansas fans tweet about they'd win the SEC East every year. Just lost to the worst team in SEC East. Scoreboard.
5: Sour grapes.
3: That is right. Point a little sour grapes to the uh, Arkansas fans who would win the East every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I
4: don't
3: know. I don't know about all that. Yeah, it's a lot, It's real easy to say
0: till you come to Missouri and lose.
3: Yep, that's right. <laughs> this is fun. Mm. All right. At Boren Ghost writes can't believe Arkansas lost to Missouri. That's easily the SEC's worst non-conference loss of the year.
5: Salad grapes. Yeah,
3: it might be. It mm-hmm. might be. <laughs> Yet there it is. Yep, there <laughs> it right is. Right there on the scoreboard. Yes, it sure is. All right. At LucasReddick13, seriously, we lost to Missouri. Hashtag fuck Missouri.
5: Salad grapes. Oh,
3: yes. Mm-hmm. You seriously did. Mm-hmm. You absolutely seriously did. I'm totally cereal right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No joke. It was serious. <laughs> you lost. <laughs> Forever, it's in the books. Big Papa at Ryan, Big Papa sixty nine. We just lost to a three and eight Missouri team. We don't even deserve to go to a bowl game, but we don't need to fire Belima. Come on, dumbass fans!
5: Sour great.
3: I almost like this one because he says that losing to Missouri is not a fireable offense. So <laughs> I, I, kind of appreciate that. The more rational of the yeah, art, exactly. <laughs> at S Munsey twenty two writes, we totally lost to Missouri. Missouri, seriously, no typo here. Missouri.
5: Sour grapes.
3: The shock. Mm-hmm. You know the shock. And who are they? Arkansas. They're Arkansas not a good team.
0: It they starts have, with an A like Alabama, but that doesn't mean they are. Yeah, Alabama. and they
3: you know they consistently lose to us more mm-hmm. or less. You know, um, I, I mean, if you just look at the battle line rivalry record head to head, I mean, I feel like they should be more it is prepared for this. Five and three. Yeah. Five wins to three losses. Yep. Yeah. Ethan Miller tweets: Missouri is fucking garbage. Fuck this rivalry game right in the face.
5: Sour Grapes. <laughs>
3: oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, I like that. That's a classic Sour Grapes tweet. <laughs> it really is. Fuck this rivalry right in the face. Mm-hmm. In its face. Speaking of
0: classic Sour Grapes tweets, Colin, I think I found one here. This was from Razorback Rick at Rick Martinez 58. He writes, Fuck Mizzou. Fuck their racist-ass mm-hmm. students and faculty. Razorbacks got fucked on the refs
3: tonight. Go
0: get fucked in your safe place.
3: Hashtag woo pig. Yeah, Sour
5: grapes. I we
3: we all went back to our safe space after this game and mm-hmm. sure, had a definitely. drink
0: and enjoyed a victory. Mm-hmm. If, by safe space you mean place where you celebrate victories over weaker
3: opponents, yeah, yeah that's where we were at. Mm-hmm. At uh, Southern Villain writes hours later, and I am still sick. How the fuck did we lose to a twenty-one point lead to Missouri? Fuck Missouri.
5: Sour grapes.
0: That
3: is sweet, sweet sour
4: grapes. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm.
0: They're so tart. My, my only fear, Colin, is there's going to be thousands of these, and we don't have anything else
3: to talk about for the rest of the show. Wicked 3D tweets, fuck Missouri, then in capitals, fuck Missouri.
5: Sour grapes. <laughs>
3: yeah, I like that. I like that. All caps. All caps. So you know it's important. Yep, 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 yep. He there's, means it. There's emotion behind it. that one. LOL, fuck Missouri, and fuck the battle line rivalry. Ethan Miller, 518. Sour
5: grapes.
0: Mm-hmm. Fuck
3: us all you like. Jake Den at Den Thug Nasty writes, Mother fuck Mizzou. Sour
5: grapes.
3: Here's something that's uh that I noticed the tenor of these tweets uh, went a little bit. Um, Fire Brett Bolima immediately. Fuck Missouri. Sour
5: <laughs> grapes. Oh, Brett,
3: so, Brett's taking one on the chin. He, he looks at us like Kansas, uh-huh. Texas. You know oh, I mean? yeah. Get rid of us. We, you get rid of Brett Bolima. He can't even beat Missouri. Yeah. How could you lose to Missouri? At Daniel428 wants to know. Hashtag Fire Bulima.
5: Sour Grace. I can tell you
3: how. Yeah. That Brett, uh, Brett's going to face some music yeah. before the
0: bowl game. Yeah. I don't know when they're going to play. I can but. tell him
3: how we, they lost. Mm. We scored more points than them. Mm. That is how football works. Thank you for that analysis, Colin. Well, it's an analysis show. Whoa! At Razorbacks football is a joke. They just lost to Missouri. #Hashtag Fire Bulima.
4: <laughs> so
3: I'm, I'm a, the one unfortunate side effect of this is that it's not a lot of #Hashtag Fuck Missouri. It's a lot of #Hashtag Fire Bulima.
0: <laughs> well, sometimes when you just don't see it coming, you look inwardly instead yeah, of outwardly. Sure.
3: I think that's you know be introspective.
4: You know, mm-hmm.
0: I have one that that really kind of speaks to that from David Razor Harris at House Razor. Hey, Brett and Rob, you have a complete piece of shit Mizzou team about to embarrass you. Wake the fuck up.
5: Salad grapes. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Brett's sleepy, I guess. Yeah, he's all cranky. Mm-hmm.
3: He needs a nap. Mm-hmm. Well, I did, I'm did. sure he ate literally truckloads of turkey on Thanksgiving Day. Jason Alderson writes, Thought after some sleep, I'd be less disgusted that we lost to Missouri. But nope. Hashtag fuck Missouri.
5: Salad grapes.
3: Andrew Alexander writes, Arkansas didn't punt last week versus MSU. And just lost to Missouri three and eight. This is fine.
4: Sour <laughs> <Salad> grapes.
3: <laughs> so, um, you know, yeah, he didn't. They didn't punt against MSU, but you know, obviously, we're a lot better than them. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: every once in a while, Colin, we get a tweet that a sour grapes tweet that's really just short, and quick, and to the point. And I think this one here from Dwayne seven two six zero one. He says, "Embarrassing
3: hogs. Mizzou sucks."
5: Sour grapes.
3: I don't disagree with any part of that statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, it is embarrassing, uh-huh. and we do suck.
0: Yeah, and the hogs are fucking embarrassing.
3: Yes, they are. Oh, this it feels so good. It really does. It just feels. Good. Usually, when we're doing hashtag fuck Missouri this season, it's been Missouri fans hashtagging mm-hmm. fuck Missouri.
0: You know, and there's uh, part of the reason I think there might be extra sour grapes, and I think mm-hmm. we should talk about this because we didn't do a midweek show. But uh, young man by the name of Eric Beisel. Yeah, he... Zeus, <laughs> Zeus Beisel. <laughs> He really went on a little tirade during the press thing on Furrow Field. Could be, he, he could replace Brian Goers on the show. I'm pretty... I'm pretty Oh, I, I welcome him with red carpet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he kept referring to Arkansas as Arkansas, first mm-hmm. of all, and then he basically insinuated that Arkansas may be too scared to get on the plane to come to Columbia. Yeah, they'd be foolish to do so was basically the crux <laughs> of it. They'd be foolish to come here because they were going to take out our, their aggressions on, on Arkansas. And the one thing I noticed during the first half when we were not playing so
3: well is that uh, people were feeding Eric Beisle his words pretty yeah. fast and furious, including at CBS. That first touchdown that they scored, uh, number eighty, I cannot fucking remember his name. The tight in for Arkansas got right in Beisel's ear as soon as that touchdown mm-hmm. was scored. I mean, he right in his ear hole, going, I'm
4: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. saying something
3: that Arkansas people say.
4: No, I
0: think
3: that was direct quote. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, and then uh, at the end of the game, you could see Barry Odom grabbing Eric Beisel by <laughs> his collar, saying, "You can saying, keep it cool, hey." Act like you've been here before. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, he's going, Coach, I'm good, man. Don't yeah. worry about it. It's, I know you've
0: got a lot of thoughts. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Listen, I'm good, Coach. I'm good. It's okay.
0: Personally, I would have loved it if Barry Odom would have unleashed him, said, like, go say what you yeah. want to say. I wish I had. we Learned had Barry Odom mic'd up and, and Eric Beisel to hear what that conversation, basically. Well, we're going to have a lot of free time. Being as Missouri's not going to be in a bowl, so maybe we can get Coach Odom and hear you know exactly what he told him. And we'll give him a call one of these days and see mm-hmm. if we can get him on the horn. Yeah, I was looking forward to that. So, have, have you tasted all the grapes you want, Colin? You feel good? <sighs> uh, they were delicious. Uh huh. They so really tart. were. <laughs> so, so tart, so sour, so satisfying. All right, this has been Fuck Missouri. Hashtag sour grapes.
5: Sour grapes.
0: I think it's time to uh, move on to Kansas news. Well,
5: I was, I heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas
1: sunshine,
2: sunflowers, and sons of bitches. This. Yes is
0: Kansas News. Our first story for the day. Overland Park woman who admitted shoplifting truckloads now accused of bra thefts. Hmm. This is an interesting story, Colin, uh, for a couple of reasons. One, an Overland Park woman facing sentencing for shoplifting truckloads of clothing from area retailers has been arrested again, accused of stealing bras from a Johnson County coal store. How do you steal truckloads of shoplift? How do you do that? I mean, because you're an expert, because you're the best. <laughs> She's the... She is the shoplifting what Jmon Moore is the dropping passes. Wow. Uh, That's that's impressive. The new arrest came Tuesday, just a day after Kelly Bauer, age 47, was scheduled to be sentenced in a Johnson County District Court. Bauer, owner of high-end jewelry and baby clothing businesses, has pled guilty earlier this year to three counts of theft, including a felony charge. She now faces an additional count of misdemeanor theft for stealing an untold number of bras from Kohl's. Got to support them titties. <laughs> the larger case unfolded in April last year when police searched her home. A $900,000 house in an exclusive neighborhood carried away.
3: I'm sorry, what?
0: Yes. Now, keep in mind, this is very close to the Missouri border. So it is unusual for the entire state of Kansas. But yeah, apparently this is a what they
3: call a nice neighborhood. A $900,000 house. Uh-huh, yes. And she's shoplifting loads of stuff. Yes. Real, uh, why not a writer situation we got going on here? (laughs) She's got a problem. I mean, hey, sell your house, buy a $500,000 house, and spend $400,000 on all the things that you want. Yes. Or you can steal them. Maybe. Is, it, is there a picture of her? Is she a big voluptuous gal? I mean, is there a reason he needs, she needs that many bras?
0: Well, we'll have to get our reporters on the scene because yeah. I'm not quite sure. But but it says back in April they carried trucks carried away more than one thousand items of allegedly stolen clothing and other items, some still bearing store stickers and price tags. I was going
3: to say, how do they know it's they were shoplifted? Mm, I, well, I mean, without this, I mean, she leave tags on all of it? Or well,
0: Colin, I'm no detective, but one has to wonder if she was caught on film on That's, the security camera. They, went, you know, they knew what was missing from inventory, mm. obviously, and they go into her home, and sure enough, those are the things that she has. Case closed. Wow. I'm a real MacGyver. According to court records, police began investigating after they found a Facebook posting for the sale of high-end clothing. Mm. There you go. Detectives visited Bower's home as buyers and tailed her to several stores where they saw her steal items in person. Wow, she is uh, impressive and industrious. Mm -hmm. She has twice been convicted of stealing clothing from retailers, both in 2007 and in 2013. So, bitch be having a problem. (laughs) Impressive. (laughs) I like this story, Colin. Owner of a Wichita aerospace company pleads guilty to filing false tax returns. Now, the interesting thing for me is not, it, not the tax fraud, because mm-hmm. that's run-of-the-mill, average, everyday sure. Kansas stuff. Sure. There's an aerospace company in Wichita, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Now, that got me curious, because I know technology isn't their thing. No. And come to find out, this aerospace company in Wichita, their, their main product that they mm-hmm. put out is a giant ladder. <laughs> Wow, they just keep building this ladder, mm-hmm. and they're going to get there. They're yeah. trying to get to heaven, mm-hmm. yep. and so they call that an aerospace company. Sure,
3: okay, uh-huh. that makes a lot more sense now. Uh-huh.
0: They they also have an outhouse with a rocket attached to the bottom of it. <laughs> yeah, well, they're yep. Yeah. So um, these are they just, have been
3: known as Mexican space shuttles before. It had been a construction site, <laughs> so I guess a Kansas space shuttle. We'll call it that. Uh-huh. A, a, a rocket attached to a an outhouse port, porta potty is a,
0: so John O'Neill, owner of a Wichita-based aerospace company. Pleads guilty on Monday to filing false tax returns according to, you guessed it, U.S. Attorney Tom Beale. <laughs> oh,
3: our favorite.
0: <laughs> O'Neal is the owner of Omni Aerospace.
3: Tom Beale's like the fourth member of our team.
0: <laughs> he is, and I continually feel bad for this guy for what he has to deal with.
3: He, he obviously contributes more to the show than Brian or producer Joel. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah, For sure. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, O'Neill admitted to filing a return, seeking a special depreciation allowance for more than $2.7 million. Sentencing is set for January of 2017. O'Neill faces a penalty up to three years in federal prison and a fine of $250,000. Hmm. So,
3: so that latter may be Yeah, put, put on that on hold. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it
0: looks like, folks, you're going to have to get to heaven the old-fashioned way, getting eaten by prayer dogs. <laughs> <laughs> now, this next story, Colin, it comes to us from... Let me just say a variety of sources. From everybody. Yeah. Our <laughs> inbox and our email address, at gmail.com, has been inundated. <laughs> inundated with one story. And this has to do not only with Kansas itself, but the University of Kansas. This
3: particular center for all things awful mm-hmm. that come so from
0: Kansas. We're reading the uh, USA Today version of the story. Uh, it says, Kansas cheerleader suspended pending inquiry
3: into KKK incident on Snapchat. I feel like Snapchat is just Does uh, it? there any good purpose for it? I mean, I hate anybody who sends me videos mm-hmm. I'm not on Snapchat They have to send me their Snapchat video mm-hmm. And they think they're wildly clever Because their face is, looks like a dog mm-hmm. Or they have flowers on their head And it's all sparkly I hate all that stuff And then the only other side of that coin is this, Mm -hmm. where something you've done awful is caught forever. (laughs) You know, when Snapchat started, the whole idea was that you could
0: send people images or videos and they would be deleted from your phone immediately, which I thought was a wonderful idea because it offered opportunities for people to send nude photos. Sure. And so I always encourage that type of behavior. Absolutely. And uh, it has evolved into a social media platform that people seem to like and annoy us with. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I agree. So not near enough titty pictures and way too much KKK stuff. Yes, certainly from Kansas. (laughs) (laughs) One female Kansas cheerleader and three male spirit squad members have been suspended by the school pending an investigation into an alleged incident on Snapchat that referenced the KKK. The school became aware of a photo before the Jayhawks men's basketball team played Alabama-Birmingham on Tuesday. Four students will not return to performing until the inquiry is completed. The image that was sent out on Snapchat account of a female cheerleader shows three men standing next to each other wearing sweaters that have the letter K. The text of the photo says... KKK, go Trump. Oh, God. Now, the, the sweaters that say K, those were Kansas Christmas sweaters that they were wearing. So they, they used their creativity and all their might mm-hmm. to change the Kansas K into the Ku Klux Klan. Yep. Yeah, so well, maybe they can look for a pardon from President Trump. <laughs> maybe. I mean, they are appealing to him mm-hmm. before they even got in trouble. I'm appalled that Snapchat was put out on my Snapchat and posted to my account, the cheerleader first said, I never would have done that, and I apologize that it happened. So she went the route of claiming that uh, her phone was hacked. hacked. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I agree. Has not only phone, was it
3: hacked... Listen, here's how you know a phone's been hacked, Brennan. Mm-hmm. Let's it's hear It's not when you send out a horrible or... Um, racist. Racist or inflammatory message. No. That's not when it's happened. That's what people claim. Right. But that's not when it happened. When it actually happens you see Jennifer Lawrence's pussy. That's how you know that you've actually been hacked.
0: (laughs) Or your Bank of America account reads negative $415,000. When you get to see Hope Solo's asshole,
4: Mm -hmm.
3: you've
0: been hacked. (laughs) You know, I thought that would have been the thing I wanted to see, but it turns out I was horribly, horribly wrong.
3: It was not pleasant. Anyway, that's how you know that they honestly have been hacked. (laughs) But when they just write something inflammatory and they claim they've been, that's not true. When a picture of her friends is taken
0: with something inflammatory.
3: Now, if if following this picture of uh, this KKK sweater, the direct Snapchat after it, was a picture of a delicious asshole Mm
4: -hmm.
3: (laughs) then i would have said yeah it's probably true she's probably right it has been hacked with a broom (laughs) handle up there
0: (laughs) just an example
3: but like i said that's that's how for Mazadcast fans that's how you delineate Mm -hmm. whether it's an actual hacking or not Mm -hmm. so that's called using your noggin (laughs) yeah it's called the jennifer lawrence's pussy watermark Mm -hmm. so just remember that fans
0: yeah, and unfortunately, it was not available for uh, viewing on this Snapchat. But so, anyway, uh, Kansas is going to get to the bottom of it. I uh, have the feeling that they're going to be reinstated and then given a trophy of some sort <laughs> for Kansas <laughs> probably, typical behavior. Probably. And um, this is a little unusual because we are recording on a Saturday morning after the Friday football game. So most of college football world is still waiting for results, mm-hmm. including the University of Kansas. While we're recording, Kansas is currently losing to their arch rival, Kansas State. Six to three in the first quarter, Colin. I'm going to go ahead and uh, and call this one. I know that, I know it's the first quarter, uh, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Kansas loses fifty-seven to three. <laughs> That's a wise choice. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll find out uh, by the time you listen to this, you will know the actual outcome. But I got a feeling I'll be pretty close. Yeah, so close to the mark. Yeah, that'll do it uh, for Kansas news. We'll be back after the break with a little around the horn from the SEC.
3: Hi, I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com?
1: Well, for a dollar a month, we send high quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No, our blades are great. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're gonna stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are DollarShaveClub.com and the party is on.
2: And now the show with even fewer fans than the Kansas Jayhawks homecoming game, the cast Well, we're back,
0: and it is an unusual uh, around-the-horn time for us, as we mentioned, since it's Saturday morning a lot of these games aren't underway. But we'll get through as much as we can, and then we're going to do a little something different since it's the official end of the Missouri football season. Colin?
3: Yeah, we're going to grade the players.
0: Mm-hmm. For the year, correct? Yeah, for the year, because that's what that's what... Sports people do right. Yeah, so that's what people told us.
3: Yeah, sure. So <laughs> we're gonna do that.
0: <laughs> what, what I was told is that what sports analysts should do is mm-hmm. grade players in units. What they shouldn't do is repeatedly mention Jennifer Lawrence's vagina. No her asshole. Whatever, delicious, delicious asshole. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm gonna have to get, get back, back to you. my source on that. <laughs> okay, but I assume that's totally fine. Okay, good. So, good. All right, but first let's let's get back to some uh, around the horn with the SEC.
2: Jesus.
0: Loves football. Do you like mediocre and overpriced sliders? Do you think plates are overrated? Do you like cash as the only option available to pay in 2017? Booches, where the serving staff motto has always been, Fuck you! Okay, so uh, first game. Uh, let's just get it out of the way. We uh, we already mentioned Missouri beat Arkansas, but I do want to mention it again because it was so sweet. Yeah, that <laughs> happened. So uh, Missouri finishes its season four and eight, which does look a lot better than than three and nine, if sure. you ask me. Yep, so um, the other uh, SEC game that did happen oh, actually on Thanksgiving Day was uh, LSU took on A and M, and now this is a game that really that didn't mean much. Um, LSU obviously fired their coach midseason, and it was just announced today that Ed Ogeron would be named the permanent replacement for Les Miles.
3: I think that's a bad idea.
0: Well, I was just going to say, I think we have on the record, and I should have pulled it up here, is Colin saying Ed Ogeron will not be
3: hired by LSU. Is I don't right? know if I said that. I said that it gives them cover not to I hire will have to go back to the tape. All right. <laughs> they're not going to give it to Ogeron. The only, the only way they're pumping that line is just so Ed Ogeron feels appreciate it but you know no no way not a chance
0: and uh so anyway a&m played lsu and a&m as colin has mentioned many times uh, the last four years has been an utter dumpster fire in the second half of their season and they didn't disappoint in that department they let lsu rack up 54 points on them
3: and lost 54 to 39 in a shootout and i don't think a lot of these coaches are going to lose their jobs but you know the butch jones is of the world and the brett blimmis their seats are getting much hotter. Mm-hmm. I don't hear as much of that for Kevin Sumlin, but I feel like after yet another second half collapse, he ought to be his seat ought to be as hot as anybody's. I'll tell you what, you know, they finished the season
0: 8 and 4, which is at a respectable it's a respectable number record, but it, it, you know, the way they started out as hot as they started out, you know, they had higher expectations. And I think a lot of people in the SEC who opened their arms to Texas A&M when we both came in and, and pooed Missouri didn't realize just how low expectations actually are in uh, College Station. I mean, Texas A&M doesn't do that much ever. We, mm. we beat A&M way more. You know, We were as good or better than A&M. Routinely. Almost, routinely. Almost every other year. We kept calling Kyle
3: Field uh, Faroe West. Yep. Like, they're, they're not that great of a team. Yeah, everybody loved to have them. And if they just looked at the records and, and the recent success of the fra- or franchises, the programs, they should have been much happier about getting Missouri than Texas A&M. But mm-hmm. they were not. Yeah, so. No, they were not. Anyway, uh, LSU finishes their season 7-4. and four. Not
0: great, but in the season where you have a, most of it with an interim coach, I guess that's okay, but high expectations going to be there early for Coach O. Mm-hmm. And so let's that Get that tanning bed, Coach O. Get ready for yeah, next that's season. That's right. Uh, does he have to have a special tanning bed that's shaped like a light bulb to accommodate his fucking <laughs> enormous head? I don't know. Uh, Georgia is playing Georgia Tech. They're, they're uh, out of conference rival right now. Second quarter, and it's tied 7-7. So uh, going down, Louisville playing Kentucky. This is an interesting one. Is Louisville is ranked number 11, and they took a beating to uh, Tom Herman's Houston team. Currently, Kentucky's beating them 14-7 to in the mm-hmm. first quarter.
3: Yeah, all these scores are great, Brendan. They're really going to hold up.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, Mississippi State's playing Ole Miss, Auburn, Alabama, the Iron Bowl, Georgia, or South Carolina, Clemson. One I want to see, Vanderbilt, Tennessee. Yeah, Ooh. I mean, if if Tennessee wins, I guess technically we have a better record. We're not last in the East, mm-hmm. but if Vanderbilt wins, Tennessee sucks even more. Yeah, so, I'm. I, I will take last in the East mm-hmm. if for a Tennessee loss. Mm-hmm. Last game that's on the docket for uh, this evening is Florida versus Florida State. Question: Do you give a shit about this game? does it matter. I mean, they've racked up. the I think East. it matters
3: from this standpoint. We want. I mean, the SEC East has been bad. But I want the SEC on the whole to maintain some respectability. And so if mm-hmm. your SEC East champions get beat by by an ACC school, that's, that's not good. So, you know, I'll be rooting for Florida and the SEC in this. Mm-hmm. So, and as we already
0: know, next week, or I guess, you know, the, the next game for SEC will be the championship game in which Florida will take on Alabama. And it will be an absolute fucking bloodletting. Yeah.
3: So. Florida will be able to do deep knee bends over a fire hydrant after this one's over, mm-hmm. and, and the, the inside of the rectum is going to look like a drip tray after smoking a pork butt. <laughs> it will look like someone blew up a yo-plate can in their <laughs> colon. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mentos in a Coke bottle. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. All right, that'll do it for the year
0: for around the horn with the SEC. So let's move ahead and let's look inwardly again to our Missouri Tigers, and let's talk about the different defense, offensive units, and what went well, what didn't go so well, and where we stand heading into 2017.
4: But and
3: this is why people listen, for our analysis.
4: Mm-hmm. I mean, right.
3: this, is, this is our wheelhouse. We are football minds. This is where we shine. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go down the list of players, and I may forget somebody, probably not. I tried to write down the name of every player who actually saw significant snaps, and then mm-hmm. not anyone who didn't. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh first off, let's start with the offensive line. I'm not going to go through this individually. Good. Thank you. Um but uh they were good. I mm-hmm. think we mentioned it on the show. They were good. What what grade would you give our offensive line this year, Brendan? Well,
0: you know, it's tough to grade this unit without taking it into account last year because it, you, I mean, I think to be fair, you should grade them as as, you know, by themselves on how they performed, but
3: just knowing I want them in a vacuum for this season.
0: Yeah, yeah, but but it's very tough to do that because they were so so fucking bad last yeah, year. Yeah, you're grading them on a curve. Yeah, and you know that that a lot of these guys were backups last year, mm. and and so the former coaching staff thought not good enough to replace what is you know historically bad offensive line. For the most part, I think Missouri was one of the least sacked teams in the country, Agreed. and and that was in part because of good offensive line play. It was also part of a up tempo offense that we released the ball quickly. On the negative side of things, we struggled early to get the running game going. We now, did. part of that was offensive line. Part of that was Ishwitter loving to fall down when he gets touched. Mm-hmm. But they improved throughout the season. The offensive line we saw against Arkansas was a different offensive line than we saw against you know Eastern Michigan early in the season. Well, and I, as impressive a game as they had all season was Tennessee as well. Exactly. So I, I'm going to give them a solid B. I mean, I can't, I can't give them an A, I guess, because of the struggles we have had in the mm-hmm. run. Sure. But— far exceeding my expectations they did what they needed to do to make this offense chug along mm-hmm. and that's what really all you
3: can ask for a bunch of big cake-eating lugs yeah so, I'd, so I had written down Bieber and I agree with you wholeheartedly and I'd also invite Mazodcast fans as they listen to this show to twitter us and email us and or tweet us or tweet us and whatever the fact case may be and uh <laughs> send you us know, your snapchats go after our nuts you know mm-hmm. if you disagree with these tell us what you think uh give us your grades. So I also gave them a B. So let's let's start on the individual players. Uh, Josh Augusta, mm. Piesman candidate Josh Augusta, who did not see many snaps yesterday, I might add. Well, uh, that had to, a lot to do with the change in the
0: scheme. Yep. It didn't have anything to do with Josh Augusta's play, I don't think. It, ha- it had to do with they were running four defensive
3: ends, and they were going after the quarterback nearly every play. Complete and yep. total reversal of our strategy yep. on defense. Josh Augusta in this current setup has been relegated to goal line stands ultimately. So it looks like anyway, but he is a Piesman candidate, scored some touchdowns. Of course Mm -hmm. he had a fumble. I think the last time they did one of the, one of the upsides for the offense for me was the fact that they did not feel compelled to run Josh Augusta Mm -hmm. out there on short uh, first downs and touchdowns. I like they're having more confidence in their offense. Well, are they having more confidence or did that fumble? No, I think, I think it belies confidence in the offensive line and our running backs more than Mm -hmm. anything uh, that we stopped doing the gimmick play.
0: Well, I think that Josh Augusta was fine in his defensive role. I guess it's hard to say that the defensive line did great because mm-hmm. they were really bad this year. Yep. and so from that standpoint, okay, the, the whole Piesman thing, the the, mm-hmm. the fullback it's role fun. he's taken, yeah. it's fun. But honestly, he kind of faded in the second half. Yeah, sure. and, and, and it's unfortunate for Augusta last week when there was that fumble. It was on CBS national television. They talked mm-hmm. about what a what a fuck up it was, and they yep. even referenced it on the the game last, yesterday mm-hmm. when now he screwed up. But all in all, he did pretty well using his girth to get across the line. I don't really – that's not what he's there for. Yep. That's not why we recruited him. I'm going
3: to give him a, a C plus. Well, this is my shock a few fans, and like I said, feel free to Twitter me uh, or tweet me, as Brent mm-hmm. would like to point out. Uh, I'm going to give him a D plus mm. because he was not good on defense, and that's what we he's supposed to do. I mean, he did not stop the run. And when you're 370 pounds, that is your primary focus. And he didn't do it all season. He did not – And I gave him the plus because during the Florida game, he ran like 30 yards and tackled the guy on the run. It was a great play, great hustle play for a guy who's 370 pounds. And that's where he got the plus. But ultimately, his performance on defense was not good, and he got a D for me.
4: Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, Next is Terry Beckner, Jr. I think you can grade this an incomplete.
0: Uh, I think that's what you have to do. Yeah, I mean,
3: he was another guy on that line who we have high expectations for, but the line got run through. I would like to have seen Terry Play in the scheme. I mean, he got injured before we made the swap, and yep. he was stuck in Demonte Cross's terrible, terrible defensive scheme. So, yeah, yeah, we'll find out next year. But next, yeah, another a guy who's become relevant of late, Eric Beisel, linebacker. Well, I think yeah, you're
0: right. He he wouldn't. I wouldn't have a grade for him earlier on this season, but he has become a team leader. I mm-hmm. think you have to say defensive. I'm just going to go ahead and say defensively, it's going to be very hard for anybody to get above a C for me. Yep, because the, the defense was so bad. I'm going to give him a C plus because of improvement. And uh, frankly, he wins points in my book for uh, showing his nuts to Arkansas before yeah. that game. He
3: showed Good his day. ass a little bit. Mm-hmm. Going to give him credit for I that. I like a little fire in the
4: belly. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. I,
3: you know what? Fuck him. I'm going to give him B minus. B minus. Just for telling Arkansas to go show. I like B minus. I'm going to go with B minus. And I'm going to, part of the reason I'm going to go with B minus is I think you know when they, he came in, he played better than Shearer did. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm, going to, I'm going to go with a B minus as well. Uh, next on the list, Chris Black. I feel like we hardly knew you.
4: Mm-hmm. One so, year
3: wonder. We're bouncing around here. We're bouncing around, Brennan. Okay. Chris
0: Black, a mm-hmm. wide receiver at the beginning Transfer of the season. Transfer from Alabama. Everybody mm-hmm. had high hopes. That's the thing. At the beginning of the season, we were talking about guys like Alex Ross and Chris Black being the maturity and the poise and the talent that Drew Locke was going to need to succeed. And he was, he performed a great disappearing act. We saw yeah. very little of Chris Black. He saw the field very little. I mean, it wasn't all just him well, not early, performing.
3: He won a Kirk Farmer's Hair player of the game early on mm, sure in the did. season and uh, basically wasn't heard from since. Yeah. And he, he was there on special teams kickoffs and things like that. But, shit, I, I, from what expectations were? D-minus. Yeah, agreed. D-minus it is. How about Kendall Blanton, tight end? Kendall Blanton. I have a lot of hope for this man. I do, too. He, he had... Steady hands. He's mm-hmm. a big wide, uh, big uh, tight end. Uh, caught some touchdowns. I mean, he had a good season, in my opinion, especially in limited play. Oh yeah, no, I agree. He he had a, uh,
0: I think, a pretty. Kind of a lousy drop against Tennessee last yeah, week. Yeah, but but that's but really, that was the exception of the rule. Guys are going to drop passes. And not only he shit on make catches, day. but he make difficult catches. He did, and and something I would um, reward Sean Colkin for having done the last two years too, which is make these tough catches on mm-hmm. those, you know, yeah. lasers that Drew Locke has tossed him. And
3: Blanton seems to have no trouble with it, and he's got the size. He looks like he can
4: really Especially continue with the, that.
3: I mean, he had that drop against Tennessee, but. Without the drop against Tennessee, I think you could easily say Blanton best hands on the team as of right now.
0: And on a team that has two uh, upperclassmen tight so ends. I mean, yeah. Reese and Culkin were there, and Blanton got a. I'm going to give him a B plus because he was not supposed to be a guy we went to regularly, but he earned it. He, yeah. And so I'm going to give him a B plus because he, he's, he's
3: got all the talent in the yep. world. Well, Reese got injured early on in the season. Blanton yeah, got did. an opportunity and made, uh, made the best of it and, and saw a lot more playing time as a result. Uh, Joey Burkett. Uh, Joey Burkett. Right? We never yeah, talked about Joey Burkett unless it was negatively. Yeah, and that's kind of where I fall on him. I give him a D. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not play well. Yeah. He did not he bring anything to the defense. Um, he was a middling at best. So Joey Burkett's one of those guys. When you watch eight, ten year old games on
0: SEC Network at two in the morning because there's nothing on, you see that name on the back of the jersey, you like, oh yeah, I kind of remember that guy. Yeah, and that's, that's him. That's that will be his legacy. Logan Cheadle. Logan Cheadle, frankly, he's never managed to surpass the celebrity of being the nephew of a Hollywood actor as far <laughs> Is that as... that's true?
4: <laughs> I mean,
3: his play hasn't been that notable. No. And in fact, like Burkett, I feel like I only mention his name if it's in a negative term. He cannot, he cannot cover a tight end. Yeah. He just gets constantly ate up by tight ends. He always seems to be around the play, but not part of it. I mean, he's, I just, yeah. he's not very good. Yeah. I didn't play very well. I'm going to give him a D as well. D for me. All right. Uh, Demario Crockett.
0: Demario Crockett. I mean, uh, can you grade a guy for smoking pot at 417 in the morning?
3: Or no, you've got to take that up out of it. It's just football, Brandon. A. Yeah, he's an A. I mean, he set uh, the freshman rushing record for Mizzou, uh, had double-digit uh, touchdowns, and is probably the single biggest reason for optimism as a Mizzou fan. And he
4: right
3: he wrestled the starter role away from Ish The coaching staff wanted Ishwitter to be the
0: number one guy. And Crockett just was too good to mm-hmm. let that happen. And so uh so next, another tied in, uh senior Sean Colkin. Sean Colkin, um, I guess I I give him a B, I think. He when asked to do something, he did it well. He the was, problem was he was a lot of the times my question was, where was Sean Colkin? Early on
3: in his career, he was he was we, prone we talk- to drops. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've, a big part of Sean Colkin's problems, I think people had way too high expectations for him. Yeah. He was just a, a mediocre tight end. Who, who was, looked like Thor. Yeah, and he but he was supposed to be the starting tight end, so I just assumed he would be good because Mizzou has had a history of good tight ends. But I think he's a good, serviceable second tight end. I mean, I think in a if, if he was coming back for another season, you'd see Blanton become the feature tight end and, and Colkin would be the second tight end. You'd be okay with that because he blocks okay and he can catch a ball and he's made some tough catches. So... But I think he was overexposed as our primary starting tight end. But uh, I'm going to give him for the season. I'm just going to give him a C. He made a lot of tough catches, but he was not nearly involved enough. And I don't know if that's his fault, but uh, he he didn't he didn't perform well enough to get out of the C range for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. All right, Keon Delosa, wide receiver. Uh, I think he had negative uh, eight catches on the season, mm-hmm. so <laughs> we can I'll just say uh, incomplete for him. Yeah. I don't even why, why did I put him on the list? Here's a another chance at an A, I think. Brennan, a young man named Corey Fatoni. Oh boy. Corey Fatoni, talk about guys who fail to
0: live up to expectations. Corey Fatoni is not that. He sees high expectations, high hurdles, and he bounds over them. I think everyone will admit it is tougher to live up to high expectations than it is to exceed low expectations. Absolutely.
3: And Corey Fatoni is, he's got a golden leg. Just hold him next to Tucker McCann. You got a high ranking recruit in McCann, and you get a high ranking recruit and Fatoni. And with those high rankings comes expectations. Hmm. And one kick one kicker. Uh, failed miserably to meet those expectations and one of them i would say has exceeded them mm-hmm. and that person is Corey of tony he is a straight a student yep yeah and not just a plus for being on the
0: show as well i'll give him a plus <laughs> there you go and he's not just an a student on our grading system but in real life i think they showed him and he had a 3.74 gpa in Jesus, the is there anything
3: that kid can't do all right next on the list is a guy who had a particularly good game yesterday marshall frazier
0: Marcel Frazier, another guy who uh, who really showed up, like Beisel, showed up late in the mm-hmm. season. Yep. I, I think uh, he had trouble getting at the top of the uh, depth chart early on, yep. Frazier did. And there was a lot of talk about how Harris needed somebody on the other side of the defensive mm-hmm. line to to make him fully effective. And at the end of this season, Marcel Frazier became
3: that guy. I think Marcel Frazier suffered as much as anybody from the defensive change. I mean, yep. it was yep. not yep. what he was recruited to do. He didn't. He was lost out there. And as soon as they set the dogs loose, all of a sudden you started hearing his name being called quite a bit. He I, was all over the field. I, I'm, I'm going to give him name. a B for the season, he, okay. especially after
0: yesterday's game. Well, I mean, I just said that I had trouble putting Bs on anybody who were in the defense. But I agree. I agree. I mean, you have to reward improvement, and he definitely, definitely improved.
3: Next is linebacker Cale Garrett. Uh, maybe a little bit of a, a Burkett situation here.
0: I, I D minus to Kale Garrett. I mean, he he granted he had a key interception mm-hmm. uh, at the one yard line last yesterday.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna. I was I was more along the lines of C, mm-hmm. um, just because I didn't see him make huge mistakes. He was co- I, sort of anonymous, and he did have the interception. And he's he,
0: the reason I was hard on him is that you know one of our biggest faults this year has been missed tackle after missed tackle. Yeah. And I feel like every time you replay something and watch somebody just slide off like they've been covered in fucking Crisco, Kale Garrett was the guy sliding off of it. <laughs>
3: All right, I'll <laughs> take it. All right, next on the list, Emmanuel Hall. Wide receiver, you guys might remember him from yesterday's game. Mm-hmm. So Emmanuel Hall, I'm going to drop him a full letter grade. <laughs>
0: yeah, he's
4: a D for, now. Uh,
3: <laughs> for yesterday. Yeah, he was He was. That, that really could have cost us a game. He, <laughs> had some, he had some nice catches, but he was really not a big part of this offense. And then yesterday— dropping a surefire touchdown, which really, at a very important time in the game, I mean, when that touchdown pass hit the ground, I just thought, well, we just lost, because now we're going to score every time down the field, and we we can't match them blow for blow.
0: And there have been too many of those times this year, where one key play, where you can put the entire game
3: on one bad play. So D, for you, motherfucker. All right, John Gibson. Uh, another defensive back who is completely unable to cover a tight end. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. showed that yesterday.
0: Our secondary was vaunted going into this season, and uh, they did not live up to it. I I'm think- going to
3: give him a D for one reason is that I, people had higher expectations for Gibson because he had some playing experience and thought, hey, we, when people are talking about this team early on and what they could be good at, and the secondary was part of it, and Gibson was always part of that conversation, and he did not have a good season. Agreed. Okay. Charles Harris.
0: Charles Harris. I, you know, this is another one, much like Marcel Frazier. The, the first half of the season, the, the talk of Charles Harris was, where's Charles Harris? Mm-hmm. And that scheme changed, and so did Charles Harris. You look at Charles Harris's stats now, mm-hmm. and in a season where people are saying that he didn't do as well, he's every bit as good as he was last year from a statistical standpoint. Yep. Imagine hey, if they let him play the first half in a scheme he knew how to run. Yeah, so I feel like part of this is you're grading on a curve because the, the game was rigged against him. I might be willing to give him a B just because he had to play through uh, what is some of the worst defensive
3: scheming in the history of college football. Oh, well, I agree with that. I'm going to give him a B minus. Uh, I feel like even though when we were running the other scheme, he was he disappeared even too much in that. I mean, mm-hmm. he wasn't even getting tackles. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, no tackles for loss, no sacks. I get up. But he was just so anonymous that I'm going to knock him down just just to the minus range. Ricky Hatley d d okay nate howard d. nate howard i'm gonna give know. nate howard a c because he got very little opportunity until yeah. late in the season and then he did some he did. nice things he got in the backfield he had some tackles for a loss he had uh some sacks i love always like nate howard he's fast off the ball and i feel like
4: mm-hmm.
3: uh at some point if he gets a lot of snaps he could really show you something okay. who knows what our defensive scheme is gonna be next year but you convinced me all right uh jonathan johnson wide receiver Oof. I talk about a guy with a massive upside.
0: He's, he's had a couple drops, a couple fumbles that have been hurtful, but you saw that jet
3: sweep. Super-duper fast. My God in heaven, that was something to be cold. Well, not only that, I mean, he is consistently getting behind his defensive back. He's just a really fast guy. He's had a little trouble with hands, mm-hmm. but that's much more forgivable than Jamon Moore because he is a freshman.
0: That's right, yeah. And, and he's, he's sort of made up for it at times. Like, for instance, when he, he dropped the kickoff, yeah. The punt. And then he recovered it.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and
0: J. Mo Moore has always forgotten about the recovery
3: part. Yep. So, but I'm going to give him, as a freshman, a B plus. I am too. I'd say B+. Uh, Brandon Lee, linebacker. Um, I give him an absolute D. Mm. D. That guy is the tackless missing cocksucker on the field. You've mentioned Garrett sliding off like people were coated in Crisco. Mm-hmm. If Lee could put his hands on somebody, he would slide off of them. But he just is a fucking tackle whiff machine. He did have some, I've seen him make some nice tackles, but the, the number of missed tackles, I mean, just complete whiffs that this guy had, D, easily. Okay. A.J. Logan, uh, much like Hatley, uh, D. Mm. Demetrius Mason, wide receiver. Jonathan mm. Johnson-esque. It mm-hmm. was uh, one of Matty, Matty Mock, I almost said Matty Mock. Sure one did. of Drew Locks most uh, trusted targets,
0: right? Young again like Johnson, another freshman. Yeah, I th- he was a, he's a very impressive mm. and he gives us a lot of hope for I, I don't think quite as good as Johnson. What did I give what did I give uh, Johnson a B plus? I'll give him a B.
3: Okay, B it is. Tucker McCann. Ugh. You have you you can't only give him a D minus. I give him an F. Yeah. I mean, I'd give him a D minus if he was bad at at kicking field goals. Yeah. The motherfucker couldn't hit Extra points. extra points. Yeah, so he is a fucking straight up F, a yeah. highly touted recruit who couldn't hit a fucking extra point. Yeah, he's, now hope for Mizzou fans. He was clean yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, but and I I still have hope that he's going to be a pretty good kicker. But for this season, he's a fucking F.
0: Yeah, Tucker McCann. I guess you're you're right. I mean, a guy who gets replaced by a walk on. You gotta you gotta say
3: here's F. one that'll be interesting.
0: Jamon Moore, wide receiver. <sighs> C. He's a C. He's, he had a great game yesterday mm-hmm. and made some really important catches on third and long, mm-hmm. and he's done that. And he's also cost us games, and he has the worst hands, and he's got terrible
3: instincts. <sighs> I guess you say C. You can't I'm call eat. him an F. I'm not going to say him an F. Um, though only catching 50% of the passes, a 50% is a D- F, but I'm going to go D. I mean, he was just, it's, and it's not because of the drop, the drops were this, get him into the C range. It's the two f- big fumbles he had this year, one against Georgia and then one last into the week, end zone, into the end zone. So the fumbles are what dropped him to a D for me. So, uh, jamon has got one more season and let's hope that he puts it together because he is talented mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, he is a tiger and we do, we do want to love Jamon more,
4: mm-hmm. you know, he
3: makes it very hard right now, <laughs> but we want to love him uh donovan Newsom, linebacker he for me is a c-minus mm-hmm. reason being is that he is the veteran linebacker on the squad he was the guy who was supposed to kind of step up and have a big season in my opinion and he didn't he was mm-hmm. pretty anonymous most of the year so um i'm gonna give him a c-minus same all right arian pinton yeah pinton
0: i'm gonna go ahead and say probably our best consistent most consistent best defensive player
3: had a pick six last week had a huge interception this week Mm-hmm. Uh, in the end zone, he he's got burned a, occasionally. Yeah, oh, for sure, they all did in the secondary. But yeah. he's a solid B for me. Okay, all right, um, which is a good
0: grade for a defender. This yes, year.
3: absolutely. Jason Reese, tied end, got injured early on. Yeah. Watched his playing time go to Blanton, so yeah. uh, he's a D for me.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I almost said incomplete because of the injury, but uh, yeah, no, because when he got healthy,
3: he didn't get back on the field. So <laughs> uh, Alex Ross, that transfer from Oklahoma, who was going to be said our running back. Ho- Troop on fire. It was going to be great things for Alex Ross.
0: I say F because he didn't. They would ref, absolutely refused to run him as running back. I don't know why. There must be a reason. He must be terrible. His only job was kickoff returns and he was
3: mediocre at best. I agree. Linebacker Michael Shearer.
0: Incomplete. Incomplete. You got to say it. I yep. mean, I think if he had finished the season, it wouldn't have been a great grade, but he didn't get his chance. And he, again, like uh, Beckner Jr., didn't get a chance to, to try out this new scheme.
3: Anthony Sherrills. Should have been better, in my opinion. Yeah, I should have been bigger. Should have been a bigger contributor on this defense.
0: C minus, C minus is good. Nate Strong, Nate Strong. This is a tough grade because he because we're we're surprisingly thick at running back. We didn't see a ton of him. What we did see, I liked. B minus. Uh,
3: yeah, B minus is okay. I like that. He he played well when he given the opportunity, and uh-huh. it's hard to give somebody more than a B- minus when you only play the last two games of the season, in essence. So yeah, I will uh, I will go with that. Thomas Wilson, number eight, the man who missed the most pathetic tackle in the world on uh, Josh Dobbs last week. I do not like him. No, I do not either. He is a tackle-missing machine. He is a D, solid Mm D. Ray Wingo, uh, he is completely anonymous. Yeah, why is he on that list? I don't know. I mean, he played very sparingly early on and then not at all. The one, I think, uh, disappointing thing about Ray Wingo is everybody talked about how fast he was when Mm -hmm. he came in, and he has not done shit since. Uh, Make him a defensive back. Here we go. Marvin Zander.
0: (laughs) Tough to grade him. All the talk was that it could be a platoon system this Mm -hmm. year. It absolutely was not. When they did use him, it was in such obvious quarterback-keeper-option situations that he didn't stand a chance to
3: succeed. I think the use of Marvin Zander, obviously, during the beginning of the season, showed what a muddling— confusing mess our offense was. We Mm -hmm. didn't know we were. Yeah. And as the season progressed, the offense got better and we kind of figured out our identity, you know you saw none of him. So I say, I will give him a C because he came in and did what he was supposed to do, but he didn't just didn't play. So C is C is I think more than nice. Yeah. And last but certainly not least, one Mr. Ishwitter.
0: Ishwitter. I mean we talked a lot this year about how we bag on Ishwitter, but he has markedly improved. The fact remains for me, though, he's going to be a senior, and we've got two other running backs behind him, and both of them are much better than he is. I, I said that I was going to drop Emmanuel Hall an entire letter grade for the drop he had last mm-hmm. week. I think Ishwinder deserves to drop an entire letter grade for fucking tossing a football away on a touchdown run. I mean, that is absolutely unforgivable. That being said, the guy who he's undersized, he fights for every yard when he can, but he just he's not strong enough. But
3: he but he's improved. C minus. All right, I I'm going to shock the world here. A. What? A. What? Listen, this guy. I had no expectations for him. He was terrible. I thought the fact that he was on the field was abysmal. He had uh, several hundred yard games. He was more than serviceable most of the season. I'm going to forgive the the since the touchdown didn't. We got the touchdown yesterday. I'm just going to. Forget about that. Just based purely on my expectations for Ish Witter, he wildly ex- exceeded them. Wildly exceeded them because I had zero expectations for him. I thought you could. I give thought us, we were grading
0: in a vacuum here. Well,
3: what I listen. It's the last guy. Forgive me, but uh, I, don't know, I thought a special needs kid with a limp would have been a better running back than Ish Witter when the season started. And Ish impressed me on more than one occasion, especially towards the end of the season. A for Ishwitter. I'll be. Down. How about that? I feel like you left Drew Lock off your list. Mind blown. Oh, did I?
4: Yeah, Drew
0: Locke, how about that? What do you give him, Brune? See, I think this is the most interesting grade of the thing because it's the quarterback, the starting quarterback. And Drew Locke, the way he finished this season – it's the reason I have hope in Drew Locke. And I know that a lot of people have given up on Drew Locke. Yep. And I understand that emotion. Yep. I haven't given up on Drew Locke because he is young. Now, I, I think somebody said to us at one point, well, you know, at this point in the season, he basically is a junior. Well, mm-hmm. he's not. He's still a sophomore. He's yep. late in his sophomore season, but he's still a sophomore. Don't mm-hmm. underestimate what, what an entire offseason and training camp and everything in the spring can do for a player, well, I think maturity wise. He
3: was certainly made to look worse by our wide receivers. Mm-hmm. How many games, just like yesterday, had that? Had Hall caught that touchdown pass? Like we ended up winning that game, but imagine we lose that game and nobody remembers the fact that he threw a touchdown. He yeah. threw two touchdowns yesterday that were dropped. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like so, and that happened to him all season long. And mm-hmm. happening against Tennessee particularly. Georgia. It's happening against Georgia. It happened basically in every game you can probably find one to two touchdown passes that were dropped that Drew Locke threw. So I mean I feel like people forget that when they're bagging on him. I mean it, uh, the other really thing has I think been...
0: The other people who don't like Drew Locke or get tired of Drew Locke, what I don't think they take into consideration is before Chase Daniel, before even Blaine Gabbard and Brad Smith. Missouri does not have a good quarterback tradition. I mean prior to those guys it was like pitching Paul Chrisman from the yeah. 1940s, yeah. and so this is a talent that we're not used to having. Mm-hmm. And he's making mistakes, but like you said, and they said on the CBS broadcast, you know, when he's playing when he's playing basketball and he shoots a three pointer, if it's a good shot, it goes in. He doesn't have to hope somebody catches it. Yeah. This one he does, and he's not getting the help, and he didn't get the help last year from the offensive line when he was a freshman. Wait, I'm not going to give him an A. No, but but I still. Look at next year's offense and think we can do some
3: damn good damage. And yeah. so I'm going to give him a B. I give him a B too. He's got a. You look at his line; it's good. I can't. I can't. You know, count all the drops. You know, he made some poor decisions and yes, some bad. Did. But quarterbacks interceptions. will do that. Yeah, and that's why he's not an A. I mean, he was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But no. for me, it's the drops. And I think he Drew Locke, as much as anybody, suffers from expectations. I mean, he was anointed the golden boy the yes. minute he hit, he hit campus. And so everybody expected him to be Peyton Manning, including me. <laughs> and uh, so at times during the season, I, myself and other fans have been particularly hard on him. But, God, I just, I mean, I feel like the guy has 12 more touchdowns in his stat line right now if our receivers could catch. Him. Yeah. And we probably have three more wins. <laughs> so uh, Drew to a B for me. Okay. There you have it. Well, we have ran extremely long. Yeah. Talking in a very boring fashion about graded players. Mm-hmm. Do well, you want to go back to Jennifer Lawrence's snatch? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's more entertaining, no doubt. But no, I think we've we've done all the damage we can do.
4: All
0: right. Well, this this is the 2016 season, everybody. So you've uh, finished our report card, and I guess what are what are our plans for the off season, Colin?
3: Well, I'm sure we'll record a few podcasts. I mean, probably do one when the football playoff hits, uh, maybe, and uh, we'll talk about coaching hires. Our coaching fires, if we're lucky, mm-hmm. have shows that regard uh, our new incoming recruits. You know, we'll mix it up a little bit. We'll come to you periodically. Uh, the inevitable, um, Demonte Cross firing. We'll cover that, mm-hmm, sure. And so, so, there's like lots of things to cover through the off season. So, but Mazadcast fans will have to wait for a weekly show again until next season. Mm-hmm. I wish we were doing a bowl game, but we're just not. Well. Thank you very much for listening this season. Absolutely. We picked up a lot of new
0: fans this year, and we're very excited and honored and all that jazz to have I that. cannot
3: believe we have people listening to this. And <laughs> lots of people. It's, it's so crazy. It's just unreal. Yeah, it's, it's so much fun it's so much fun to do I mean when, when me and start started this we assumed that we'd have 12 people listening mm-hmm. and 8 of those people would be directly related to us and it turns out none of the people <laughs> who are related to us listen yeah people that are related to us listen to one show and be like oh that's cute you guys are kind of funny And mm-hmm. uh, but no it's it's complete strangers who find us amusing and uh, we appreciate the shit out of you yeah and we will continue
0: to be active follow our Twitter account at Mazzodcast throughout the year and we will let you know when we are going to record because we'd like to do it as much as possible but uh, it ain't football season so and we're not going to follow basketball. We are <laughs> it not. It's just isn't <laughs> not going to happen. No. So, Kim and, Anderson uh, so Kim played really well a, I think we have uh, 15 to 20 wins. Uh, <laughs> someone tightened the bolts in my neck. <laughs> came out of a coffin this year for the Halloween game. There's <laughs> uh, some irony there. Yeah. All right. Well, Colin, it's been fun. Wow, that was spot on. It's like Kim Anderson was here. M I Z Z O U. <laughs>
3: It's called the Jennifer Lawrence's Pussy Watermark.